Well, hello, everybody. You're listening to the Woodworkers Podcast. I'm Ben Brunick, and I'm joined today, as always, with my co-hosts, Ramon Valdez and Philip Morley. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Hey, doing great. Right on, right on. We also have um, a special guest on today, Tim Coleman, a furniture maker out of... um, uh, Tim, where are you at in Massachusetts? I'm in Shelburne, Massachusetts, two hours due west of Boston. Fantastic. And Tim is, um, like I said, uh, to Ramon and Phil and I, um, and a lot of other people, uh, an absolute furniture uh, master. Uh, it's Tim, Tim's been um, doing furniture for about 30 years now. He's a um, College of the Redwoods graduate, which is now the, um, uh, now is the Krenoff School. I, I think we should probably mention both of them. When Tim went to school there, it was the College of the Redwoods, but it's now changed to the Krenoff School in in honor of James Krenoff, who uh, Tim studied with. Um, he's also a member of the New Hampshire Furniture Masters Association, and we just wanted to have him on um, to, to you know as a, as our first guest um, here on the here on the podcast because. Um, he really represents, um, you know, the, what we want to, you know, who we want to hear from, who, who, the, um, you know, the, the, the furniture masters or the furniture makers that, that we really look, look up to and, and want to hear more from. So, um, absolutely. So with that awkward introduction, I, I like to say, you know, welcome Tim. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's great. Great to be on the podcast and it's a, it's a real honor, um, that, uh, that you chose me to be your uh, inaugural uh, guest. So <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> well, we appreciate having you on. I, I, I want to jump right in with something that has always intrigued me. You know, I've been seeing your, your, your posts on Instagram, of course, but for years I've, I've seen your work in fine woodworking. So I've known about you for a long time, but your amazing arabesque designs, when did you begin to incorporate that uniqueness in your work and what inspires you to to do those they're they're fascinating and they're beautiful well well thank you they really go back uh quite a quite a number of years uh i've always been in in my work interested in uh incorporating um patterns and textures uh using uh different types of uh low relief uh carved um and uh, I do some work with uh, steel stamps uh, to make textures and patterns. Uh, I had a workshop uh, in Greenfield, Massachusetts uh, years ago. And formerly that building, they made uh, steel stamps. Uh, It was the Greenfield Steel Stamp Company. And and so I would find discarded stamps uh, in the cracks of the floors and uh, started collecting them and uh my daughter w- was uh with me at the at the shop uh most days for the afternoon and and, and she was she would uh carry them around in a bucket and rattle them and uh <laughs> we we together we started playing around with them you know hammering uh into into wood and uh, just making simple patterns and then I, it kind of became something that uh hey, you you make some of your own stamps now is yes, I do. Yes, I, I thought uh, I had read that. I, 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 I take, well, initially I would take the, uh, the letter and number stamps and uh, 
heat them up with a torch until they're glowing red and then let them cool and that would take the temper out of them so that I could then reshape them with files and grinders and sanding uh, and, and just do new characters with them. Uh, so with using those those stamps that that opened up some uh new pattern making possibilities and i've always worked with uh marquetry and and uh parquetry and yeah. uh i have books that i've looked through um always been interested in uh uh patterns from um from uh the islamic world uh and yeah, there's just so much out there. I mean, there's uh, really uh, uh, intense geometric patterns, the tessellations, and um, and then more free free form um, patterns. And uh, with Arabic script, uh, they're often the script is often used in a very stylized way, where they're actually creating uh, pictures with it. Mm. Um, right. And f uh, four years ago. Uh, I had the, the uh, a great opportunity uh, to go to Istanbul. Uh, my wife was doing some some work uh, internationally, and and so I was able to tag along to one of her trips. And uh, great inspiration, and, yeah. Oh, incredible! And you know, uh, Istanbul kind of sits on the border of Europe and Asia, and there's a confluence of cultures there. So you, mm. you get you get really strong uh, uh, influences from from uh, cultures uh, around, you know, across the globe uh, mm -hmm. that, that, that sort of uh, come together there. And certain, certainly the, the Islamic um, the Islamic patterns, uh, you know, it was just, uh, I, I couldn't get enough of it and took a lot of photos and uh, the, the cabinet arabesque which I which I created in 2016 um, grew out of some of the inspiration from that trip to uh, to Istanbul it creates a very um, dynamic and visual interest that's just beautiful it works really incredible for furniture especially your furniture um, the overlay patterns I had I've always wondered what kind of glue did you use and you might have um, mentioned what kind of glue you use in, in your articles but it seems like you're putting a pretty thin layer because you have to avoid squeeze out with all those um open areas yeah i've wondered i've always wondered how i've I've never and like you said you may have had that in an article but where you do the uh the cutouts and then you veneer it mm -hmm. back over yeah that's really glue. cool how how do you not get glue in that area that's been taken out <laughs> that's a secret i can't <laughs> 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 proprietor kill us if you tell him. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, awesome. I'm gonna whisper. So <laughs> there you go. Use a we won't, we won't tell yeah. anyone. <laughs> no one's listening to this, Jim. No, it's only, it's only us. <laughs> no, I, uh, honestly, I what I um, that took a lot of uh, experimenting because, uh, as you as you noted, that is the. That is the, the problem with that uh, doing the cutout um, cutout work, and for uh, one of my cabinets, um, it's a one that has uh, star patterns um, uh, on, on yep. the doors and sides and top. Uh, so that's cutout uh, veneer um, laid over a contrasting sur uh, surface. And what I did with that one, uh, well, first of all, I started with uh, smaller. Um, 
smaller motifs, um, you know, border patterns. And with those, I could just use a paintbrush and I, I just used uh, regular tight bond and just kind of dabbed the glue uh, uh, on the backside of the cutout veneer and let it just get to the point where it was starting to skin over. Mm. Um, and I didn't go all the way out to the edges. Um, you know, I, I held it back a little okay. bit. Yeah. And, and that was sufficient um, to, to, you know, you, you just have to be careful when you lay it down. But when it starts to get a little tacky like that, it's, uh, you know, it has a nice little grab to it. And um, so cool. that worked just fine. Um, but with the, the, the cabinet where I'm doing, you know, larger veneered surfaces, uh, that, that was not going to work. Um, and I was talk talking to a furniture conservator um, who had a lot of experience with hide glues, and uh, he suggested using uh, a fish glue, um, which is uh, you don't prepare it the way you do from uh, you know uh, granules of uh, hide glue. Um, it comes in a bottle, um, and it it's not you wouldn't use the fish glue for joinery for instance um, right. because it doesn't have the same strength um, as some of the other hide glues but it works great on veneered surfaces and the thing that was nice about that is i was able to uh, go in and, and spread it uh, with a with a brush um, again holding it back a little bit from the edges and uh, it, it would start to skin and, and actually start to dry a little bit um, but I found that I was able to just take a spray bottle of water and give it a real quick spritz and it would mm. reactivate the glue. Um, and then I was able to press it, but because I had time to spread the glue, um, I could do a, a very thin, uh, very thin layer. Uh, so, so that worked really well. And I've also been experimenting with um, using a, a, a brayer, um, a, a linoleum, what would you, you would use to ink linoleum prints. Um, and that, you know, you can dip that in the glue uh, and you can spread an extremely thin layer uh, with that tool and cover a, a larger surface. Uh, nice. So you're only, you're only ever putting the glue on the back of the veneer. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and you know, of course, ordinarily when you're veneering, you're you're putting the glue on the on the substrate, um, because if you're putting glue on one side of uh, a sheet of veneer, it's going to start to uh, right. curl up curl. on you. And I also I use I'm using thicker veneers. Typically, I'm I'm resawing my own veneer, so sure. that helps right. a lot. Yeah. So that that um, you, it doesn't curl up in quite the same way. Right. So, and they're, uh, you know, at, at the most a sixteenth of an inch thick, usually um, right. you know, less than that. I think what I love about your designs is, you know, you could so easily go too far with it, you know, to, to make it too fussy and stuff. But you seem to just have a really uh, fantastic eye to keep it just just enough of it for interest and not overkilling it, you know. And it's it's just really beautiful. I love. I love those details that you add and how you treat all your edges and like everything you start, your eye starts following the piece and you pick up all these other little details that are kind of hidden. They don't stand out as much. And that's what really draws me to your work. Um, just amazing stuff. Oh, well, thank you. That's, those are, those are great observations. And I remember when I was, uh, when I was in school and uh, uh, Jim Krenoff, you know, he, he would talk about 
uh, you know, kind of layers of interest. And, uh, you know, what I took away uh, from that is you can see a piece across the room and it, and it, and it uh, grabs your attention in some way. Right. Uh, as you get closer, you begin to notice more things. And as you get closer, more things. Love it. And as you yeah. begin to interact with it, you, you begin to notice uh, other things. And all along that, that journey, you're, you're never disappointed because sometimes something can look great across the room. The closer you get, the, <laughs> the more disappointed <laughs> you become. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I love, I know that, and I, I'm sure that's where that saying comes from. I've heard that many times and I, I definitely try to uh, live by that when I design and build. But, um, and, and for me, that's the same thing when, and just personally, I don't like a piece that screams at you from across the room. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want it to just subtly grab you and then you start moving towards it. And like you said, you start just kind of unlayering it. And I, I love that. It gets me so excited. <laughs> mm -hmm. Your pieces grab your attention, but they also draw you in. And then there's so much detail. The and But it's um, it's a beautiful, finessed detail that is is subtle. Um, like the you know the, the all the smooth inside edges and all that <laughs> just makes you want to reach out and grab it. <laughs> mm. Don't touch. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely touch. <laughs> yeah, right. Touch. And you'd be you'd be missing something if you didn't. Uh, sure. And and the scale of a lot of my pieces are such that you uh, I like to think of them as kind of huggable. Um, you can wrap, wrap your arms. When I see one of your pieces, I'm going to go up and give it a hug. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's really cool. Is Ben still with us? Yeah, I am still with us. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the, really enjoying the conversation. I think, so, Tim, you had, you just came out with an article in Fine Woodworking that talks about designing. And I think, you know, I know I've read it um, and thought it was a just a fantastic article. I think, did you do that with, did you do that with Barry? I did, yep. Yeah. And Bar awesome. Barry, Barry's just super super nice guy when i was when i was out um at uh, uh at taunton um uh the one night barry let me crash on his couch which was i really appreciated <laughs> that's cool <laughs> um but you had this fantastic article talking about how you design and how you leave like you have a you, you kind of have a um a, a basic path that you're taking with you know you're you're not just going aimlessly but you've got a you've got a set direction that you're going with your with your with a piece of furniture but you're leaving that open um to be able to design as you build so as things come about you're building in areas that um I'll I'll figure that out when I get there is that mm -hmm. And I think I think that was a wonderful article. So, do you you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Uh, it it's uh, I, I think that a lot of people work that way without even realizing it. Um, but I think there's others where working in that way uh, can be intimidating uh, because to not have uh, a clear path, um, mm -hmm. it is uh, it, it it's just scary. Yeah, it can be unnerving. Uh, yeah, 
Right. And I think especially for um, for makers who are uh, kind of early in the process of uh, designing their own pieces, um, it, it's, it can be especially uh, uh, nerve-wracking. And do you, do you think that changes a little bit too with um, if you're doing spec work or commission work, or do you tend to try to work in that uh, manner no matter what? I work in that way no matter what. Um, awesome. The thing with uh, commissioned pieces is you have more uh, starting points typically. Right. Uh, and, and I often explain to, um, to, to clients with commission pieces uh, a little bit about that process and, and where we can leave some room for, um, you know, for creativity and um, for changes along the way that are ultimately going to um, enhance the piece. Uh, right. Try to try to stress that um, to to not get too locked into locked into the sink. Yeah, that's great. Um, so it's it's a lot about avoiding getting backed into a corner where you only have one one option of how you're gonna how you're gonna go about something. Uh, and there's always parts of projects where really you you don't have that many options of of how you're how you're gonna do it. Um, but uh, to be able to leave flexibility, um, it, it's it, it to me it makes it a lot more engaging the the whole process and and I think many of us uh, what's most exciting about going into the workshop and and making things is the the engagement with the process and uh, getting your hands on, onto things and what happens when from the time you walk in the door to the time you leave and hours can go by sometimes that you're not even aware of. And, and <laughs> that, you know, that feeling of engagement is, uh, you know, something that, that, that I think is rare in the world uh, and right. something that, that many people, um, you know, would love to, to have as part of their lives. And I think we're, we're extremely fortunate that, that we, yes. um, that we have that, uh, as part of our, our daily lives. Uh, and so for me, the, the, the designing and building in this way where I'm, uh, leaving room for, for the creative process to, to, to come in at any moment. <laughs> um, it's yeah. it's, some, it's, it's almost expected. like the piece, uh, begins to um, be born or, or right. its soul starts to almost create itself. I know it sounds kind of kooky sometimes. Well, it's kind of like being a painter, right? But it, yeah, it kind of begins to choose its direction. I love that. Yeah, it does. And, and, and furniture, uh, I think by nature has to have a certain framework. Um, you know, you, you can't just start anywhere. Um, I mean, you, you, there, there's a, a, a broad sequence to the steps. Uh, you know, typically you're starting with the material and you do milling. And then once you do the milling, you get into the joinery. And then once you do the joinery, you're um, beginning to shape parts. And so there, there's a, a general uh, framework that uh, right. you can't deviate from too much. So it's really a, a, about, you know, a, a having in your mind that broad framework and then seeing within that where 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 do I have uh, flexibility? Where, right. What decisions do I not have to make <laughs> right now? Right. What decisions can, <laughs> can I put off? Uh, mm -hmm. And I'll put off you know anything I I don't have to 
do right away. I'll put it off. Um, yeah. And sometimes you put things off because you're not sure how you're going to do yeah, it. You're not there yet. And need a little time to look at it. Later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's a kind of a vexing uh, technical thing. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this joinery so that it's going to be strong enough. Uh, you know, and I, uh, but I can do these other things um, before I get to that point. Sure. Your process of building models and taking photographs is really uh, it just makes perfect sense because you see it from a from a, from a perspective that you might not be able to visualize. That's right, and, and uh, you know, I, I've I would say building models has been a more recent thing uh, for me, and what uh, how I got to the point where I began to do those. Um, you know, Photoshop was a was a, a big um, a big benefit because you know in the old days I don't know if anybody remembers that you used to have to put film inside of a camera and, uh, <laughs> and what, what's, then, what's yeah. that <laughs> and then take it out and you had to send it off somewhere to have it, uh, oh man <laughs> so digital photography uh, has just been such a, a, a great tool. Um, so, and I've seen models that other people make, and I've seen articles where they talk about building scale models. And um, when you see scale models just sitting on a table, you don't get the you don't right. get enough information uh, as far as as far as I'm concerned. So, I when I once I began to use scale models and set up just a really crude environment you know just a piece of wood that looks like a wall and you know blur the background a little bit and um and then bring it into photoshop and uh, crop it edit it that's fantastic uh, so, so you really and, and the angle at which you um at which you <laughs> view it you know well especially for selling it to a mm-hmm. client you know because clients i mean it, not all of them but they have a hard time especially with uh yeah. even perspective drawn but uh, it's hard, you can't right. really, you know, give somebody a plan view or a, or a elevation view and expect them to visualize right. it in 3D. <laughs> well, and even, yeah, and even sending them the model, it's still hard to visualize. So I, I really think I've never thought about that. That's yeah, a great it is idea. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's really simple. And the and the the, the models, uh, you know, they they take very little time uh, for me to make because I'm not they're not detailed at all right you haven't figured out the joinery or anything you're just going with what what you like to yeah look yeah it's really the shape. about the, the proportions yeah try to get the proportions close to to what you're um you know what you're after uh so again don't i'm trying not to do more than i have to uh to kind of get to where i want to go mm-hmm. sure so, so i guess a, a, a couple of the other things that we wanted to that we wanted to hit on were you know, I mentioned the New Hampshire Furniture Masters Association. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a member of that, um, and and uh, I know you're. I know you're not from New Hampshire. You're from Massachusetts, but it's mostly a, a New England group. But can you talk a little bit? You, you guys have got a show. You've got a show coming up, right? Can you That's talk a right. little bit about that? Sure. Uh, the New Hampshire Furniture Masters Association has been been around for I guess we're close to close to 25 years now. Um, and it was started by a group of uh, a small group of makers uh, based in New Hampshire and several um, uh, business people who saw that there's here's this group of extremely talented people 
who don't know a thing about how to market their work. And <laughs> let's, so with the help of, of these uh, astute uh, business people, um, they came up with the idea to have an annual auction uh, and to have each maker uh, seek out a patron um, where the patron would uh, essentially commission uh, a piece of furniture, which would then go up for auction. And with the understanding that if, uh, if, if, if it were sold at auction, then the maker would um, make a, a, either a replica of the, the, of the piece or something close to it. So that was- Oh, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, and it had some, you know, uh, some kind of showmanship around it. It was interesting. No one else was really doing that. Uh, so it was a great idea. And they uh, carried on with that model um, for quite a few years. Um, but it moved away from pieces being uh, uh, patroned uh, to uh, basically makers creating spec pieces uh, that would be auctioned. Uh, and, you know, the market has, has changed um, a little bit um, and, you know, sales are generally not what, the, what they used to be. People are doing more commissioned work um, rather than uh, speculative work. Um, so it's, it's shifted around a little bit in terms of the, the, the model for um, our annual events. Um, usually we have uh, a main event in the fall this year. It's uh, September 22nd uh, at the Courier Museum of Art in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, and we'll be doing a, um, an all-day event there where we'll be doing some uh, presentations and some uh, visual presentations and have, have our work on display. And then, and then we'll have uh, a dinner and, um, uh, it, it, in the evening. Uh, and typically we have some smaller events. Uh, there's, a, there's an event just prior to that at the New Hampshire um, uh, Art Institute, which is also in, in Manchester. Uh, so we'll have some, some work on display there. We do uh, what we call house parties, which uh, w one of the makers will have uh, a client or a patron who is willing to host uh, uh, a, a, a small number of makers at their home and invite their friends mm -hmm. in. And, and those, that sounds great. Yeah, those yeah, it does. really successful. And, and anybody can do that. I mean, you get a couple. If, How do you get an invitation? <laughs> <laughs> you have to know someone. <laughs> know someone to know someone. <laughs> That sounds fantastic. But, and, and, yeah, the house party format is has proven to be really successful because it's more intimate. Um, you're right. in, and uh, we even have a little uh, shtick around that too. Where um, so let's say there are five makers and we're we're in the in the client's home and and this client has invited uh, twenty or twenty five guests and and they've agreed the 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 host has agreed to um, you know have a have a food spread and and wine and and when the when the guests enter the home the furniture pieces are covered with a sheet so they oh, can't, that's can't awesome. see they can't see the pieces uh, and then it, at some point we we will then do a presentation and each maker um, stands with their piece um, says a little bit about it and then takes the sheet off reveals it and uh, there's this wow moment I and, love that yeah, yeah. It's, it's simple cool. <laughs> you know, it's simple but it, it, quite effective you know building up uh, it's all about 
you know, building the anticipation and the excitement. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the, the Furniture Masters is, um, we're just uh, launching a, a new website uh, in, in a couple of weeks. Um, after many years, we're, um, we're creating a new website and, uh, you know, it's it, it as a we're a group of makers. We get together uh, once a month to kind of go over details of our events and other things, and and to just share with each other. And we all we all inspire uh, one another. Um, you know, there there's some really outstanding work that gets that gets created every year, and and so it's uh, it's a real uh, pleasure to be a part of a group like that. And I've been trying to get them all to get onto social media, but uh, <laughs> get onto Instagram. They really should. Some, some are, some are. That's really cool. So, well, uh, well, I have a question. Sure. Oh, sorry. Who, who are some of your uh, biggest influencers? Influencers is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> you know, besides, uh, besides me, Ben and Phil. <laughs> but it pretty much ends there so <laughs> we can we can end the show right there <laughs> Done. I, I know. Mom? <laughs> well when i was uh kind of early um in, in my um kind of in, independent career uh in the um late late 80s uh early 90s uh i i was fortunate to be um, represented by a, a gallery uh, in East Hampton, um, New York, uh, Pritam and Eames. Uh, oh, wow. Who have... Impressive. Uh, yeah, and they they were they were great. Uh, great people to work with, B.B. and Warren, and um, uh, they... Sil Silas Cop shows out of there, correct? He, he has, he yep, to? he has in the past. They have since... Um, they closed the gallery in, in East Hampton, and they've... Uh, they have a um, a limited presence up in um, uh, in Maine uh, near Bar Harbor uh, in a, a town called Soamsville. They've kind of uh, entered into a, a quasi partnership with um, with another gallery um, called the uh, Gallery at Soames Sound, uh, run by uh, Tira Hansen, who represents all my work now. She she's the one gallery uh, that I that I deal with. Um, nice. And, uh, and 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 they've she's been great too. She uh, she sells work and um, is just a real champion for um, for for furniture and uh, and she has uh, a lot of paintings as well and and some other uh, 3D uh, work there at her gallery. Um, but she's she really is uh, has taken on furniture in the last ten years and 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 run with it. Um, but anyway, my connection to Pritam and Eames back in the late 80s and early 90s, there was a, a group of makers there um, that were just doing incredible work. And it was, a, it was a high time for studio furniture. There were a lot of extremely creative makers doing uh, you know, quite a volume of work. And so, you know, people like Roseanne Summerson and uh, Wendy Stamen and um, Judy McKee and John Dunnigan, Hank Gilpin, oh, uh, nice. you know, the, uh, the, they're, and, and they're people that I, you know, connected with and, uh, um, you know, have remained, uh, you know, friends and, uh, with them. Uh, many of them are not, not really creating any work anymore. Um, gone into more heavily into teaching, um, but uh, quite a quite a number of them uh, still still do. So I would say that 
kind of that group um, was highly influential in terms of uh, seeing that, wow, here are people who are doing extremely creative work um, in furniture uh, that, you know, that's, that's what I want to be doing. And that, so that, that had a big influence on, on the direction that I, that I took uh, early on. That's awesome. And I, I know you've probably been asked this a million times, but uh, what, what kind of got you into furniture? Like, um, how, how did you go down that path? Well, a really long question. But... No, how about, before, before yeah. that, though, before that, though, sure. what did you do? I know that you went to the College of the Redwoods, but what did you do, like, before you went to that school? So, like, talk a little bit about before you went to school, and, you know, and you the also school, went... and, then, and then how you made that transition after. And you also were in college, correct? You That's That's right. Majored in I can't remember writing, uh, creative English, writing. Yeah, yeah, creative writing, English. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, that I uh, um, I was at uh, St. Lawrence University in upstate New York, uh, way upstate uh, near the Canadian border, um, and I graduated in 1983 uh, with a degree in English, uh, and I, I had thoughts that I would uh, be a, a writer. Um, but I wasn't sure exactly how to go about that. Uh, but I thought it might be a good idea to have uh, something that I could do that um, where I could make some money in the meantime. And since I was a, a, a kid, I, I loved making things. You know, I, it was typical tree houses, go karts. Uh, you know, getting tools for Christmas and going down in the basement and just uh, you know hammering stuff out and. Um, I, I was really looking forward to, uh, to going to middle school where I could take uh, woodshop. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I was so fired up about that. And the year that, uh, I was eligible to do that, um, the school decided that they were going to mix things up a little bit and, uh, they were going to, instead of the boys take shop and the girls take home economics, they were going to have girls take shop. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so I, I my, so I, I, and I was devastated. I remember I stepped home and I was crying because I had to take shop. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's really funny. They couldn't, they couldn't do it together, huh? No. So, I, yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I know how to cook and I know how to sew. Uh, <laughs> Right there, you go. And that's good. I did. I did home ec. I did home ec and shop. well, and and it, honestly, it's uh, it, it was a, a good decision on this on the part of the school. They that was. Uh, I'm I'm glad they did that. Um, but honestly, uh, woodshop in school did not do a whole lot for me. Um, it it wasn't a great program there, uh, and so uh, I I got more satisfaction out of just doing things on my own. Um, but uh, so I graduated from college uh, in 83. I moved to Seattle, Washington in uh, 85 um, with, at the time, my girlfriend, um, now my wife and uh, partner in life, Mary Beth. Uh, and we just moved there for an adventure. And uh, in Seattle, I discovered an incredible strong community of uh, furniture makers, people who were doing this, this is what they did for their work. And mm -hmm. I'd never been exposed to that. I didn't know that you could do that. 
so I, I, uh, there's a, uh, there was a gallery there, the, um, the pine, it was in uh, Pioneer Square, uh, the Northwest Gallery of Fine Woodworking, and it was a cooperative gallery, so all the oh, yeah. bakers um, had a stake in it. And there was one gentleman, uh, Kurt Manier, who uh, was offering in a, a six-month apprenticeship, and his current apprentice was was just finishing up. And so um, I connected with him, and he was working uh, in a building um, uh, called Second Floor Woodworks, uh, where there were ten different makers who were sharing this relatively small space. And they were all doing different things. There was one guy doing you know, limited production jewelry boxes, someone else who was uh, doing these really incredible carved uh, torsos and um, other uh, furniture makers. So it was just uh, an incredible um, you know, uh, environment to, to be someone who was ready to learn. Uh, sure. And at the, yeah, and at the time, um, there was also a couple of makers uh, in a building next door, um, one of whom who had been, had been a, a, a student at the College of the Redwoods. Um, Bill Walker was his name. And uh, I got to know him and, um, and eventually uh, rented space in, in his shop and uh, learned a lot more. And, and from there, I got kind of immersed in the whole... Um, Krenov uh, aesthetic and approach and um, in 87, uh, well, 86 went there for a summer class and then 87 enrolled for um, the, the nine month uh, and ended up staying two years there. Um, so wow. left in 89. Well, while you were up there, do you remember a guy, um, gosh, what was his name? I think his last name was Dolize or I think I'm pronouncing it that right. His, he had a, I think it was his wife was Jennifer and they were like a husband and husband wife furniture team. They did fantastic work. Mm -hmm. she, she did marquetry and they started incorporating marquetry in, into his designs. Do you, do you remember them? Mm, no, it doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. Um, I'm, I'm probably pronouncing the name yeah. wrong, but anyway, there, I or, knew or there was just, a lot of talent up there yeah, uh, in the Northwest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're challenging my memory too. So that's <laughs> probably <laughs> that's probably where the flaw lies. <laughs> well, here's a here's yeah, a what, real simple what one. Uh, what what is the size of your shop? <laughs> uh, I'm always curious when you see these photos on Instagram or videos, and you're 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 seeing what the person's doing, but you're checking out their shop as well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, it's a thousand square feet. Um, and it's uh, kind of an L-shaped uh, uh, building, uh, and there's nothing to ob obstruct uh, in the middle. You know, there's no posts or, or anything. Right. So um, it, it's a really great layout. Um, and, and is it is it your shop? Do you do you lease it? How's that work? It's it is on on my property. I I, oh, I re nice. rented uh, rented space for um, 15 years, and then uh, and. Then and we owned a house uh, in town, and um, I really wanted to have my workshop 
at home. So we looked for um, a, a place that maybe had an outbuilding that I could convert. And, and in the end, we, we decided to buy a piece of property and build the house. And then um, the shop was, was built um, very soon, right. soon after. And so it's a, it's awesome. a separate building. Perfect. Property. Yeah. yeah. And my kids were little at the time. And um, so it was important. And, and my wife and I shared um, you know, child care responsibilities right. and, um, so it was important to me uh, to to have some place where I could do, do my work and um, and and do everything else as well. How many kids do you have, Tim? I have three, three children. Okay, yeah, awesome. nineteen, twenty-two, and twenty-four. So, oh, wow, young. <laughs> my ones are pretty young compared to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, when I. Do do any of your kids do woodwork? Uh, no, they don't. But they they all have a strong, um, you know, creative uh, creative side to them. That's uh, awesome. My my son, my twenty two year old, uh, he he's an artist, um, and he's very skilled at, at a lot of different things. Uh, he went to art school for a period of time, and now he's just trying to make it on his own, um, doing a lot of uh, painting. Uh, Oh, cool. abstracts he's done some glass work and ceramics and um and then the the other two uh you know growing up around making things kids learn how to they they see the process happening over and over so they they yeah. they, they internalize okay idea um raw materials process engagement finished thing uh, mm-hmm. And they they see that happening over and over, and and so That's they perfect. know they yeah. they have that as part of them. That is so great. That that is the main reason. One of the main reasons I opened up my own shop when I did is because I saw my kids growing up, and I was like, I'm gonna miss out on this. I want it, I want them to be right there. They don't have to be woodworkers, but they're seeing it happening because it's right there. It's home. Plus they can I move can your, they, they can move your vacuum hose for you. They move my <laughs> vacuum and they sweep up the shop. <laughs> they do a pretty good job. At it. <laughs> they make their pocket money. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. I didn't realize you had three. For some reason I thought you had like one kid. I, I didn't realize you had three. That's awesome. And they're not kids anymore, but that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good to hear. <laughs> Yeah, when you were when you were teaching the class at the College of the Redwoods, the the summer class that I took, you had your kids with you at at that time, I believe. Yes, I remember seeing remember seeing, and they and they were and they were little kids at that time. That was in the early two thousands. Yeah, 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 early two thousands. I can't yeah. remember what year exactly, two thousand three, maybe. I um, think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were. Um, yeah, ten and under uh, at that point. Um, yeah, and, and I re- I remember that being I I, I remember that being um, uh, kind of an inspirational thing for me. Just seeing you and your wife and your and your and your kids uh, and you were teaching at the school, and I thought, man, that that is something that you know I, I would I would love to do in the future. I didn't I didn't have any children at the time. My wife and I were recently married. Um, at that point, I think we've been married for a, a year or two. Um, and I, I just remember s- seeing you, um, and your, fi- and your family dynamic and thinking that's, that's kind of a, something to strive for. That's something to. Absolutely. To, to that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's 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 great to hear. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ben. It, uh, you know, it, it's it it's, takes a lot of creativity to to, uh, to manage. Uh, um, well, to manage a family under any circumstances uh, these days, I mean, right. and you know, to, to as a as a an artist, a creative person, um, you know, trying to continue to do uh, creative original work, but also do it as a business. And, um, you know, I've done all kinds of different things. Uh, you know, uh, Instagram, you, you see uh, the, these uh, pieces that I do, but there's uh, other, there, there are other things I do that, that I don't necessarily post about. And certainly in the past, I've, I've done all, all manner of work and, um, but always with the aim to, to be a, a furniture maker and um, mm -hmm. to have that be the, the mainstay of, of what I do. And honestly, I mean, I like doing other things and I like um, being able to, um, you know, meet the needs of uh, all, all different kinds of customers. And, you know, even I, I there's a, a local, um, you know, lumberyard uh, here uh, that I get a lot of material. And, um, you know, I told them, uh, if anybody needs any resawing, you know, send them my way. So, you know, every once in a while, someone will come and say, oh, I bought this wood. Can you resaw it into, you know, Absolutely. half inch thickness pieces? And, you know, and these are people who, you know, they, they're doing their own little creative things and right. you know, they don't have a, a shop. And so I get to, to meet them and, um, you know, provide a service. And, um, you know, I've figured out a cost per square foot <laughs> to do it. And uh, so... Uh, you know, it's yeah. Again, it's it's being yeah. It, take, it takes it all to make it to make it happen, right? Yep, absolutely. It so, does. So, um, Tim, if you could go back to all right. So you had graduated from you had graduated from the College of the Redwoods, or or you you were in at at um, the Cranoff School, College of the Redwoods. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about your transition after that, after the school? to then transitioning into being a furniture maker. I mean, I think a lot of people are good one. Yeah. In hearing about how the heck did you do that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, I, I left, uh, California in, uh, so that was 89 and, um, I, I grew up in, in new England. Um, and, uh, my wife is from uh, Buffalo, New York. So we, we decided at that point that, that we were going to, uh, rather than go back to Seattle where we had uh, come from to go to the college, uh, that we were gonna head back to the East Coast and, and uh, find a appropriate place to settle in there. And we were really lucky that we had some friends in Southern Vermont and uh, they, they, they literally sent pages from the yellow pages uh, mailed them to us uh, <laughs> so that my wife could look for um, jobs in, in education. Uh, oh, so, wow. <laughs> the, is your wife a teacher? She, she was. She, she, uh, she was a teacher and she worked for um, many years at, a, at an organization that did, that did uh, resources and consulting for, for elementary school teachers. Oh, cool. Uh, so we, uh, she happened to get a job in, in, in uh, Western Massachusetts in uh, Greenfield. Uh, so that's where we settled. And uh, I, at that point, I didn't have any uh, equipment. Um, so I, uh, I was 
you know, eager to get my own shop established. I, I went around and visited everybody in the area, considered the possibility of moving into a group situation, um, but couldn't quite find something that worked. Um, and then I, there's uh, an organization locally, uh, it's a community development uh, corporation that helps uh, small businesses in the area um, with resources and startup money. And <clears throat> they were able to offer me space and a loan, um, a zero interest loan um, to purchase all my initial equipment. Uh, so uh, I was able to, you know, for $10,000, I guess, uh, just go out and buy my bandsaw and joiner and planer and table saw and um, mortiser and, um, and that, you know, that was the, the core equipment um, that I had to, to get started um, in a small space. It was probably, I don't know, 600 square feet. Uh, and then just started, um, you know, I had a couple of articles in the paper to kind of promote the you know, through the um, the community development corporation, and I think I got a couple of leads on some woodworking jobs, and um, and then made some other friends who connected me to people who um, I could do work for, and then I also um, started connecting with. Uh, so at that point, I was already uh, connected with Pridiminemes, and they and so I was doing you know some spec work and. I would. I was doing, you know, a piece here and there, and uh, and getting connected to some of the makers there, and uh, connected with with some of those people. And actually, I, I called them up and said, hey, you know, do you have any spillover work? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm eager for work. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so I actually did um, over the years uh, for some of these people. Um, you know, they may have had a commission that they couldn't get to and and they would give me very specific instructions and I would actually make the piece for them and that kept me very much in in, in furniture um, and then just uh, you know I, I, honestly a lot of work for family and friends um, and that that's continued to be uh, kind of a core component of, of my work just uh, and of course right. starting out with what a mouth yeah, word of mouth and, and, you know, with, with family and friends, you know, they get the family and friend rate, um, but that, that's 30% more. Pardon me? 30% more. Yeah, but, but that's, uh, that's turned around and they pay um, full price now <laughs> because they can afford to, they can, they can afford to, to pay full price and they're happy to. Uh, sure. And it, you know, it, it, and oh, they yeah. can get something truly custom. They have, they have, you know, the, the great thing with working with someone like one of us is, you know, we listen and we pay attention to what their needs are. And um, we have, uh, you know, our experience that we can, we can bring to their own ideas. Uh, and, you know, the nicest compliment is when someone says, wow, that's exactly what I was thinking, but I didn't know that that's what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> Sure. Right. So yeah, it grows. It grows from little seeds. Uh, Absolutely. That's really. Yeah, cool. I, I love hearing your. It's funny your how that story seems. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's funny how it, it. You know, you speak to most people that have been doing it for a while, and it's there really isn't any secret. It's just keeping at it, and and more and more you hear just local word of mouth, family and word of mouth. It's pretty amazing. Well, and I think it's important. It was important for me to have a clear vision of what it is I wanted to do and to keep 
working towards toward that, that goal. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And you know, yeah. you and I and I tell young makers the most important thing is to make stuff. Make you know, go through the process over and over again, so that you know it's it, it's like because. It, it's going through the entire process from beginning to end. Uh, and, you know, you build on each piece that you've done in the past. And, and uh, but uh, having, uh, to me, having a vision of what, what I wanted to do um, and, and making the time to create pieces, even if there wasn't a commission, um, you know, was, sure. was important. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's been a, <clears throat> there's been a, oh, an Ira Glass, uh, quote that's been making the rounds that that really speaks to that um, I've seen it I don't know a couple of different places and it's basically it's basically that you know just you you you're doing something um, I can't remember exactly how it goes but it's something about you know if you if you want if you if you're someone who wants to make things um, you know you already have kind of you already have good taste but in the beginnings, the stuff that you make to begin with kind of kind of fails you because you you haven't done it enough to get good. You, it's it's inside. It, you can you know it, it will come out, but you just have to put the work in. You just have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, and eventually, it what what is inside will come out. It just takes a while to figure out how the heck do I get it out of it. right right. Yeah, people people get intimidated. It's just you just got to get out and just start. You know, just have an idea and just go with I it. I like to call it uh, three P's: passion, um, patience, and persistence. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, and and I get intimidated all the time. I mean, when I'm starting something new, uh, it it's it can be nerve wracking. Uh, you know, is this going to come out the way I I hope it will? Is you know. Uh, Am I going to be able to meet the challenge of this piece? And, uh, you know, it, is the and customer going to love it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. right. And so I can I can find myself uh, kind of procrastinating and hesitating. You know, actually digging in and, and starting to work um, for you know days or weeks sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, until my wife pokes at me <laughs> enough, and she's like, "Okay, now get out there." <laughs> Get it done. Yeah, we need to pay the bills. But you know, I then what I've always come back to is once I get my hands in there and start doing it, uh, and things are happening, it you know it it, it starts to flow from there. Um, but uh, you know, all that hesitation um, I think is is not uncommon. Yeah, it's probably just a part of the process, I sure. guess. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, Ramon, Phil, you guys have any other? questions that you're looking to looking to have answered um uh like i said i, I probably do but it, i can't think of any right now um i mean you've really answered a, a ton of questions i had um and, and for me just hearing kind of the the flow of how you kind of got into it the, the fact that you do get intimidated helps me mm. <laughs> yeah it's, it's always interesting you know, it's like... to hear the backside someone that just seems way advanced and and successful oh, yeah. And you know it's it's not an easy path. It's um, you have to really want it and and have that goal in mind. And I love hearing that story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the the fact that everyone or anyone that I've talked to that um, you know I kind of hold up as as um, you know this is this is where I want to go. And you talk to them, you you realize they're just just like you are, Tim. Just a just someone who's who just keeps at it. Just 
works yeah. at it, um, doesn't know, doesn't have a secret magic bullet that this is, you know, this is the, if you just knew this thing, then, then it would work for you. It, there isn't anything. It's, it's keep at it, keep trying. You're going to, you're going to fall down. You're going to, you know, there's things that aren't going to work. There are things that are going to work and you just kind of keep steering yourself towards the things that do work. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great for, for other people to, to hear like your story. And that's the reason that we wanted to, you know, the podcast, you know, um, with the three of us, we want to, you know, talk about the stuff that we're doing, but we also really want to talk to other people, um, about what they're doing and their story and how and how they get there because we're all trying to just figure out how the heck to make this work yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> and then we die and then we die <laughs> and then we die <laughs> and, and nobody reminds yeah. us yeah, that's <laughs> no that's not true they do because we make, we make things and those yeah, things yeah, are around and and uh that's when the value goes up <laughs> <laughs> right, right well that's a way that's a way for for people to to live on because you know th those pieces do they they do live on and and if your if right. your name's on the piece which it should be you should sign if you have work you should sign it so that you know a hundred years from now they can they can uh, you know figure out who the heck made this thing yeah well, who made this piece of no, <laughs> <laughs> I always forget to sign my stuff oh, yeah. it's usually like at the you know delivery day i'm like oh crap i forgot to sign it just carry a sharpie, a sharpie. with you <laughs> yeah what were you gonna That's say really tim? Cool. what were you gonna say tim i'm sorry oh i forgot <laughs> oh <laughs> no I, I didn't have i didn't have anything uh okay pressing okay all right well you know uh, like i said we we really appreciate having you on the show um this was something that you know all, all three of us were very much excited about about yes. doing and you know you're the first the first person to be on we appreciate your willingness to do that even though you're kind of in you kind of entered into this thing kind of blindly <laughs> um not quite sure what the heck we were going to be asking you about um so you know we we Welcome to the group. <laughs> you, you got bombarded from three angles. No, it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I I, uh, I have to say, and and um, it, it's a conversation, and yeah, uh, you know, to have a conversation like this with with other makers, it's uh, it, it just flows. I mean, one thought leads to another, and uh, you know, I I think all three of you had really great observations and questions and so it was I, I felt very much at ease well we appreciate cool. we appreciate it and and uh you got to experience our our loose format <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, can we, flexibility it can be, flexibility it can be, in the process yeah, oh, yeah flexibility is 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 huge there you go so um yeah so ramon do you want to uh do you want to lead us out all right. So once again, thanks a ton for hanging out with us on another fantastic, informative, and very Tim Coleman-esque episode of Woodworkers Podcast. <laughs> we sure do appreciate it. If you have any questions about this or other shows, shoot us an email, and that's info at woodworkerspodcast.com or on our IG account, which is at woodworkerspodcast. We plan on doing a question and answer type episode soon, so be sure to uh, check that out. One other thing, we would love a rating over at iTunes, uh, you know, like a four and a half star, five or higher, please. <laughs> so on behalf of Tim, Ben and Phil, 
I'm Ramon, and we'll see you on the next episode of Woodworkers Podcast. Ciao. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks you. so much, Tim, for being here. Thank you so much, Tim. A real pleasure. Yes, Tim. Thanks. Appreciate Take it. Take care, guys. Bye. I, I had a quick sure. question, Tim. Um, in, with the schedule, you know, this coming year, uh, do you have any teaching gigs? I, I do. And, and if so, I, where? So I have, um, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that. Damn it. I know. I, I just thought of it now. I told you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> later yeah that's that's okay i'll be publicizing those <laughs> as they as they come up so i have uh there's a school in um in connecticut called the connecticut valley school of woodworking um Is that's that right yeah bob Is van dyke uh yeah. so he's been running the place okay. for a long time uh, i don't know how many years right uh so and he's got a a really good thing going there um so i'll it's connected with uh woodcraft well, right Is yes that correct? there's a woodcraft store um and his okay. whole thing is behind that. And he used to, I think he used to own the Woodcraft franchise uh, for that store, but uh, he's since oh, separated. Okay. Um, and the, the school is really uh, in, in independent. It like great school. Yeah, it is. It's, it's right. uh, well located, uh, you know, in terms of access to uh, populated areas, you know, in the Northeast. And right. um, so I'll be doing a, a class there. Uh, we, a weekend class in November, um, doing some of these creative embellishments, the stamping and um, some of the, the cutout veneer work. Uh, and yeah. then in February, I'm going down to, to Tampa, to the, the Florida school uh, and doing a okay. week long there. So what's the nice. what's the Tampa school called? It's the Florida School of Woodwork or Woodworking, I'm not okay. sure. And when are you when are you, when are you going to be down there? That's it's in uh, maybe the third week in February, somewhere around there. Um, and it's a week it long. Is, yep, a five day. What what That's will you be a, doing? A general uh, veneer um, veneering class. Okay. Uh, and we'll get into marquetry a little bit, marquetry and parquet work. And um, when when are you coming to Texas? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's no schools. There. Well, yeah, I mean the the whole teaching thing. I'm trying to. Um, I, I, most of my teaching has kind of been in, in the past. It's been uh, a number of years. I've done some teaching out of my uh, workshop here. Um, okay. So I, I'd like to do I'd like to do more. And certainly, there's you know with Instagram, it, it's connecting me to schools all over the world. And, oh man, uh, I bet. So yeah, I wouldn't mind doing some international teaching. Uh, that would be kind of fun. That's pretty cool. So and so part of it right now is is even just uh, getting packaging some of this this material to you know have it for a class and. Uh, so, I mean, for instance, when I taught at the uh, College of the Redwoods in the past, it was, you know, uh, tools and techniques um, or a projects class. I, I didn't have to, you know, have, uh, you know, a whole curriculum worked out. Right. So that's, you know, and, and, and that takes some, some work to come up with that. Man, that's, that's intense. I, I, I've been, I'm going to teach at the, uh, which I'm terrified and feel totally underqualified to do, but I'm going to teach at the um, Mark Adams mm -hmm. School. In Indiana, and I'll be doing a week-long course in the summer, uh, building uh, my lounge chair. But you know, initially it starts out so relaxed and chilled. I'm like, sure, why not? Let's do it. And then, like, just before I moved, came to England, there's like this whole list of things you have to do and the curriculum. And and I'm I'm just I'm very much the kind of guy that just shows up and starts teaching. But yeah, you got to have it laid out. It's all packaged. Uh, yeah, it's 
It's a little intimidating. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. We'll see. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, you're, you'll do fine, Bill, I'm sure. I mean, in fact, the well, fact that you have well, a project, um, you know, that you are so <clears throat> familiar with and uh, right. you're, you're going to do just fine. I appreciate it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, what maybe what I'll try to do is, you know, I kind of let that little conversation go. Maybe I'll try to somehow edit that in, like maybe at the end of the show, just to mm-hmm. mention, maybe I'll try to do a little soundbite that mentions, you know, um, we forgot to ask this after we had said goodbye. So here's a little bit of extra about, about the teaching. We just forgot to ask because we're so, because of that, that's how, that's how we roll on. The that's how we roll. 